Hi, I'm Ali Maldro, the host of A Public Affair on Tuesdays. You can listen to this show any day of the week, any hour of the day on the WORT smartphone app or on wortfm.org. If you love what you hear, click that donate button and support community media. Your donation makes a huge difference. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound. You're listening to WORT 89.9 FM Madison. I'm your host, Ali Maldro, and this is a public affair for all you podcast listeners out there. I have a new podcast for you. It's the daily local news podcast, CityCast Madison. CityCast is a national network of local news podcasts. It is a 15-minute news, culture, and conversation show. And today, they launched their first episode. Joining us in the studio for, this is the first time I've had people in the studio with me for years. So I'm gonna, I feel like I am additionally nervous or some, some variety of stage fright from being in person. But nevertheless, we are in person in the studio with Molly Stelz. Dylan Brogan and Bianca Martin. How are y'all doing today? And Molly, I'm sorry I said your last name wrong. <laughs> Woo! We're all- we are so excited. There's energy. Like, there's so much good energy in here. So it's totally legit to be like feeling the feels. We're excited. Ooh. Yes. Like, this is a very, very cool, cool crew of folks. Let's see if I can like say the words today. It's all um, good. What's it like for you all to work together as a team? What is it like for you all to get this this podcast off off the ground and up and running? And Dylan, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really fun. I'm really happy that we have started. Oh, Feel it, today was a big day getting the first one out. We've been doing a lot of prep and getting ready, and we're doing two days a week, but we move up to five uh, in January. So the machine has been turned on. <laughs> Molly, how about how about you? Are you feeling as good as Dylan feels? Yes. Well, it's and it's a funny story. Like this is somewhat of a homecoming for all of us because each of us, Dylan, Bianca, and I, each worked at Wart at some point in our careers. So to have us all together back in the studio to be here at the station with you feels feels pretty special. To I know. Me. I've I've hung out with you at Wart actually a significant amount of time. Yes. Like when I first started volunteering for Wart, you were. You know, the the person who coached me into being decent at what I was trying to do. Um, Bianca, what does it feel like for you to be part of this team and to be, you know, talking about Madison? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think I said yesterday, I don't know where I said it, but I was like, it was just to my teammates that I feel like there's a glitch in the universe because it's so phenomenal to be working with Molly and Dylan. Um Definitely a homecoming here at WRT. Like, I have just been bragging about this place ever since I left. And my first job was at a public affair. So when the music came on, like, Molly and I were dancing a little bit (laughs) here in the studio. Um, It's, I mean, in terms of the team, like, oh, my gosh, I couldn't ask for better, better people to work with, smarter kinder more thoughtful more you know like engaged folks so i'm it's pretty off the chain honestly (laughs) i i agree i think that this is like this is a cool group of folks and i'm like is there you know has wart has your you know common thread of working with wort prepared you in some way to work together to do the podcast like how does your connection to this space lend itself to the the new podcast. Yeah, well, I think all of us um, have put in our time doing daily news and talk production. And that's what this podcast will be. It'll be a daily show. So we will be doing interviews every day, um, talking to people, cutting them, mixing them, producing them, putting together, putting them out on the stream. It's a it's a daily show and so i think the the time we all spent in this basement <laughs> churning out interviews um really gave us a sense of what it takes to to have enough ideas you know to to really maintain a show every day and keep it interesting and also just know how to do it know how to do all of the the uh, logistics of making a daily show happen Bianca, how, what are the experiences that have prepared you to kind of be the host and, and take the lead in terms of the conversations you all are having? 
Yes. So there's a lot of ways to answer that. But I first want to kind of answer what you were just asking about, like how WRT specifically, like a story just popped into my mind now that I am literally here in this monumental building. Um, I just working with Molly, I just remember getting I was sick one day and I was like wanting to work so bad. And Molly brought me flowers like that day. And I just remember her kindness. Like, I don't know if you know this, but Molly Sense is like the most industrious person maybe on this planet. And she's also a farmer. Um, <laughs> I did not know among, that. Amongst the many things that she does. And I just, I don't know. I'm, the only reason I bring that up is because uh, just the sense of having a skill of, uh, it's not really even a skill, but that trust that we've built over the years is just tremendous. And it's little things like that, that you know that you're on a team that has your back. Um, so I want to start there that I just feel, you know, I, I, a huge part of taking this role was just, you know, being able to work with Molly again. Um, and in terms of the experiences that I've had to make me prepared for this, yeah, I've been in radio for a minute. So I started here at WRT and, um, I also then went and worked, um, in a government office, sort of like constituent services and things like that in the center's office. Uh, here in Madison and so being able to kind of see people's um, needs when people are calling into their senator like how can we help like kind of seeing what people need to engage with the government for was really helpful and then I actually transitioned from that work into um, national radio so a lot of y'all likely know maybe not um, but the show 1A it's public radio I know um, some of you will know it Uh, so I helped start uh, that show and it was called Project X (laughs) so I was part of the launch team there Um, And I went from associate producer to producer um, and did a lot of great, you know, daily work there. And then I actually, after three or four years, moved to Chicago uh, and I worked at WBEZ. And that was for another, they were launching a a daily uh, talk show for Chicago. So I did that as a producer. And really the impetus was, or the goal there was like get out into the community. Um, so we did like uh, community um, listening sessions to hear about like what stories are we missing <laughs> because we know we're missing them um, and also just being able to see I don't know I, I really wanted a full um, picture of different ways to cover a community different communities and Chicago is a great experience there and now I'm back and yeah I mean I've gotten to I've had the opportunity to work with so many different hosts including I meant to shout her out right away Karma Chavez if you yes. listen into this she's the reason I started in radio um, that's kind of a fun story but I won't take up all the airtime. but <laughs> shout out to Karma because she's the best and one of the many hosts that have helped prepare me for the podcast Oh, we miss you, Karma. Uh, <laughs> I'm like Dylan, you've you've been working in local media since you were like a child, right? Like you, in why. utero. Sure, yes. <laughs> since, since. No, I mean, I, Ward, I'm here every week, you know, as a volunteer on the Thursday news show. Yeah, but so Ward you can't get rid of me. It, Ward isn't where you started on radio, is it? No, or, I started at a high band AM station called WTDY. <laughs> what what? How does WTDY influence your approach to to radio, to what you do here at WORT every week? And, and what does it do? And I'm like, don't say that acronym again, because I'm going to mess up. And, WTDY? And, oh, gosh. It used to be WISM back in the day, but now we're getting... So how did know. working with, with Sly and Lee and all yes. of those folks, kind of the shock jocks of our community, how did that influence you and the way you approach the work you do Well, Bianca's a very here? different host than Sly. <laughs> Um, but no, but you know what? It, Tell us more. In a what's, weird way, I feel like it helped me with that because we um, that was a call-in show, right? Mm-hmm. And was very Madison-focused for four hours. Now, it was w- way more directed at getting calls, so this is a little bit different. Um, but that was just a great experience for me because I um, at Midwest Family Broadcasting, that's where WTY was. That they, you know, I was young and they just basically taught me how to do every aspect of running a radio station. And I was very lucky that at WTDY, um, I came at a time when the Right is Act 10 was happening. And so Sly's program became this like uh, like daily update about what was happening on the protest. And then immediately after that, I be- got hired as a news reporter at that station. And then they fired all of us. <laughs> and then I started at WRT. So, it, yeah, it, um, it's good to be back in audio. And I've been... It's been I think that's the biggest difference for me is going from print to audio, but the 
I'm still telling little stories. That, you know, I think it's interesting, like that this group is is doing audio, um, because you are such an attractive group of people, um, and so I'm like, why, why are you all, you know, not like broadcasting oh. via video? Why, <laughs> you know, or is there a video component to the podcast, or have you explored? Well, it's, you know it's, what it looks like. To... It's funny because it's come up a lot about YouTube, right? Because YouTube it has launched a whole podcast channel now, and so the question is: Well, okay, do you just put your audio up there with a static image? Tons of people do that. Tons of music is up that way, or do you actually try to do a video component? But I don't think I think the jury's still out on that one about whether people actually engage with the video or whether they just like put it on and do other things like, yeah. you know, cook dinner or whatever. It's just on in the background. They're not really looking at the video. So we don't have any plans per se to do that yet. But well, let's ask the folks who are listening to WORT <laughs> what they would like to see. I'm like, are you would you like to see these folks, you know, on YouTube? their adorable faces or are you cool just listening to them let us know call 608-256-2001 extension 9 um, you can ask them obviously any question that you would like to ask them but you can also chime in about whether or not you think the podcast should be filmed you all just launched the first podcast i just listened to it this morning it was really like charming and delightful and incredibly informative which felt really nice to listen to something and walk away from it and be like oh i have more information about my community how are you all deciding what you're talking about or who's deciding what you all talk about arm wrestling <laughs> we talk about that a lot. Uh, do you it's talk good. about arm wrestling a lot? No, about what okay. how to cover stuff and how this um, how to the best way to tell stories about Madison, right? And that it turns out um, there's a lot of stories out there, but we got to make this little cupcake every day, <laughs> and we're figuring out how. Are there kind of things that you're like, oh, I know I really want to talk about this? You know, as somebody who's from Madison, Dylan, I feel like you probably. Have a have well, a sense. I'll answer that. Yeah, I you think have a so. Sense of, I still want to do think. my uh, parking ramp versus garage story, but you know that we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Molly, how about you? What do you want to? What do you want to make sure folks know about Madison? Well, I think there's a lot you can do. So the format we have, it's daily. We're not daily yet, but we will be soon. But it, it'll be daily and it's 15 minutes, right? So it's just like this short little snack of an episode. Yes. You get it in the morning. You can, you know, if you're on the bus you can listen to it or as you're drinking your coffee and thinking about the world like it's designed to just give you a little morsel a little taste of what's going on in the city so exactly what you said that helps you feel like you're more informed you're a better citizen you're plugged in you know your neighbors and you meet really interesting people so i think that's part of the the real joy of audio is getting to hear people in their own words mm. that you it's so hard you can't do the same way in newsprint. So I that's one of the things I really geek out about is just finding really interesting people who you think, oh, everybody knows them, but maybe everybody doesn't. And there's always new people in this town moving here every day. So introducing um, just some of the really interesting, cool people of our town to everyone else, like the firefighters that we spoke with. Heck yeah, I appreciate that you all are some of the, the coolest people in town and you are expanding the network of cool people that get to know about one another and listen to one another. Bianca, I really loved like the little blurb you wrote about the podcast, which was like kind of, you know, an ode to the Madison bubble, right? And what does it mean to live in Madison? And, you know, I think the last line is about, like, the sheer number of people who walk their cats um, in this community, which I felt, like, so deeply seen and understood by by that commentary. <laughs> do you walk your cat? I do not, but okay. I have several neighbors yeah, who do. All yeah, all over the place. Right? I have several neighbors who do, and yeah. I am so judgmental about it. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Um, I have two dogs, and I walk them. Um, but Team dog right here. Yes, yep. we run into each other at Bad yep. Dog Frida yes. to talk about like Madison iconography. But, um, you know, in thinking about the Madison bubble, I think the pandemic really shifted our ability to kind of think of ourselves as this special little hub of liberal progressiveness um, mm. because you don't live in a bubble and what happens around the state impacts the people who live in Madison um, and 
you know, our ability to navigate public health has been deeply transformed by the way we relate to the rest of the state. How are you going to like lean into the uniqueness of Madison and the Madison bubble and also broaden our our ability to see ourselves as connected to the rest of the state, the rest of the country, the rest of the world? Oh, my goodness. I love that question so much. Um, Incredibly thoughtful. uh, I it made me think of the term like ecological thinking, like thinking of ourselves as a part of you know ecology that we're all connected to one another. And I feel like I kind of inadvertently, and I'm saying inadvertently because I'm not giving myself any credit. I intentionally set a path for myself that I wanted to understand like how systems worked at a like at a at the community level, at the national level, at the international level. I moved out to DC because I wanted to see like how the levers of power works and like how people, you know, get things done. And I wanted to go to Chicago because I, I wanted again another perspective. Chicago's hilarious. It's it's like its own world. It has no it's like nothing else is happening except we're in Chicago in terms of politics and stuff like that. And so I got to see and like just different levels of like how people engage with um, solutions and different social issues. Um, in different cities and like I guess I feel really privileged and excited to come back to Madison and bring those experiences and that those insights of like okay we do it like this here but I do know it's done differently in other places and vice versa I think that it's exciting to shine a light on what we're doing right that other places are not like we're doing like our first episode we're talking about we have the first electric fire truck here in Madison at Station 8 in use in the whole country. And people are contacting our fire department about about it, you know, like from not even just from this country, but also like from Europe and Canada, like people want to know. And it's and it's here. And I mean, that's just one example. But I think Madison is this really unique place that is like can be, you know, it's like a lab for democracy. That was the idea for the whole state, but also Madison in and of itself. It has this the size and the amount of engaged folks who are trying to pilot things, who are trying to get things started, get things off the ground are happening here at like crazy levels. And um, I guess like so bringing that outside perspective and like one of my favorite kind of dovetail on some of the things that we heard from Dylan and Molly, like talking about how we get our story ideas. Like I love hearing from people where I'll be, you know, like out at the bar, like with my friends and talking to someone and be like, wait, what? (laughs) You said what's happening? You're doing what? You're saving the planet? How? Like there's all of these brilliant people. Like even I used to work at Merchant um, and you know, like craft cocktail bar restaurant, etc. Um, and I remember them like they're like biochemists behind this bar <laughs> bartending, like, and that is just Madison. And everyone, I just love how solutions oriented folks are. And then also, I'm gonna get to the point about this liberal bubble real quick. Um, <laughs> yes, let's look at it. Let's put a mirror up. I mean, that's one of the reasons I left. Um, I'll be honest, I wanted to be in a more diverse space in a space where people saw me and also where people saw themselves like I think there's a sense that we're so far ahead and race I mean now like you said the pandemic has shattered some of those illusions um but it doesn't mean we're like shattered on the floor broken or irreparably you know um we we move forward every day and like looking at it is something that you can do on a podcast thoughtfully with all the thoughtful people trying to make stuff happen so uh yeah I really appreciate the way you answered that question. I guess I want to say, like, you know, I've followed you, Dylan, for a long time as a writer. Um, And Mm -hmm. one of the things I really like about, you know, having read your work is that you seem to be a person who's kind of pushing, pushing, you know, the pressure points of who Madison is versus who Madison thinks we are. Um, And I wonder how the podcast will will embody that side of who you are as a journalist. Um, How will you kind of challenge, like, one, this is the way Madison likes to think of itself. Um, This is the way that Madison actually is. I like that. Um, Thank you. (laughs) No, but I think that is a huge goal of the podcast, is exactly that. And I think, um, hey, I think I'll really what was in Madison that changed a lot of people's perspective was that race to equity report from 2013. Like that's when I think it became like obvious to absolutely everyone mm-hmm. that there was some problems that well, needed to be addressed. I, I, right? I was black before 2013 well, and it was uh, obvious it, earlier than that, sure. but I appreciate but, uh, that that report was, was informative um, for you. 
I wouldn't even say for me. I think it just it, no, I, it, I agree. it brought I down do a reputational thing. And I think we, and I hope, um, and I don't think this podcast, CityCast Madison, would be the only outlet to do it. But we need, um, Madison really had to have a reckoning with itself. And it get, it, that if anything, the race to equity report just tipped it to where that was beyond, no one could deny that, right? It brought the data. Yes. Yeah. And so how do you love this community um, that is flawed? And I think the answer is because if you love this community, you want it to get better. And so talking about these things and not just uh, presuming everything is um, hunky-dory with every aspect of the city uh, is a, a good place to start because Chicago, um, Baraboo, Miami, uh, the, 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 these places are nowhere's perfect, though, and that being part of a community means um, wanting to make it better. Well, and I do think there's a really complex balancing act, right? Because you want to be transparent and you want to be honest about the things that are challenging in your community or problematic about your community or unjust and unfair about your community. And pointing those things out doesn't necessarily change them. Like, I would love to say just reading the Race to Equity report was a transformative moment, but it wasn't. It was a moment in which we acknowledged what was wrong, um, and then I think we're we're existing in a moment in which we try to figure out what to do about it, Um, and, and there are some real challenges to that. I think you want to create something that is uplifting and positive and enjoyable and has a sense of humor, and then you also are trying to create something that promotes our ability to transform into a more quality community for all people. Molly, in your goals for kind of getting this podcast off the ground and started, what do you, how will you know a year from now that you all did a good job? How will, how will you know, like, what are the kind of benchmarks for you that go, oh, if we, if we do this, if we deliver this, if we find out this, we know we're, we're on the right track. Such a good question. I love these questions. You really. This is. <laughs> we're getting it. We're getting into it. I appreciate you all so much. <laughs> really supportive in the studio today. Yeah. So I think by one measure, I mean, there's a, there's the thing that podcasts have that we don't have so much in radio is we do have the analytics. Like it's which is it's a double edged sword. So on one hand. It's easier to know how many people are listening versus a radio show like right now. We kind of have a sense how many people are listening, but you don't actually know. You, there's really no way to know. With podcasts, you can know. I mean, we know. Mike, you're out there. We know you're <laughs> out there. <laughs> yes. So with podcasts, you, you you can know at least how many people are subscribed, right? How many people will download an episode. So that's, that's just one metric. Obviously, I think to have an impact, we want to make sure that we are reaching a wide uh, variety of the community. Like, I, I really want to take care to make sure this podcast doesn't feel like, oh, this is just like a niche thing for, you know, a handful of people to just talk amongst themselves. I, I want it to be broad-based. I want it to be inclusionary. I want it to... Um, to impact a lot of different people. Now, will every episode every day appeal to everyone? Like, no, no, we know that. But... The hope is that if you if it becomes a habit for you, if you want to listen in the morning, and I mean, really, you can listen anytime. It, it drops first thing in the morning, so it's available in the morning, but you can listen whenever you want. But if it becomes a regular habit that you feel like you're getting really interesting information, like things that you want to know, things that are useful, that are helpful, that give you more um, conversation so that you can talk about things, you can help uh, understand your community better. Um, I think that will be a success. And I think if we are reaching enough people and people are engaging with us and people are, um, pushing on us and giving us ideas and challenging us. Um, and we did a great interview yesterday and we, we, we had a little challenge. Um, and I love it. I love it. I love that. Um, I want that. So I want there, I want to generate a little bit of heat so that, uh, yeah, we so that thing. <laughs> well, Wisconsin's happen. cold. You need you need oh, yeah, a little bit sure. of heat, right? <laughs> and I wanna I wanna talk to you more about diversity, but I think that's such a perfect segue because we have a little bit of a clip from the first episode, um, and so I'm gonna ask our our engineer to to play it for us now. 
today on CityCast Madison. Do you want to know a secret? Madison has the first ever electric fire truck in use in the nation. We're helping lead the way on climate change by ditching our gas guzzlers for electric vehicles, including on some of the worst offenders. So of course, we had to scope it out. It's Tuesday, November 29th. I'm Bianca Martin, and this is CityCast Madison. I'm here at the Station 8 Firehouse over by Easttown Mall with producer Dylan Brogan. Let's head in and see this marvel. Madison firefighters Dan Bellavark and Josh Bolly are showing us around. It looks like every other fire truck. Big, shiny, and red. But inside there's a huge battery instead of a diesel engine. Here's Dan. We let it go through the ignition startup process. And then we hit our start switch, hold it for a moment, and we hear it fire up. Rig is running and everything's in normal mode. Let's meet Assistant Fire Chief Scott Bavery to see how this all came about. How did Madison become the first city with the first ever electric fire truck in use in the country? Yeah, that's a great question, Bianca, and, and and we're pretty blessed that we have a partnership with Pierce and have had one for such a long time. Pierce is up in Appleton, which is obviously uh, not too far from Madison. So we've had uh, Pierce vehicles throughout our agencies for as long as I can remember, for a long time, especially now all of our fire engines and ladder trucks are are, are manufactured here in Wisconsin and, and proudly at, at Pierce. So um, it was years ago, uh, Chief Davis at the time, who is now uh, retired, actually went up to, to Pierce and talked to their VP and I think even got a meeting with the president and basically told them like, hey, at some point, we're not the only fire department, but at some point, I hope you're looking at electric electrification for fire engines. I know when I got in the fire service and I've been following electric vehicles, I think it's pretty impressive. I never thought that we'd see an electric fire engine in my, in my career. I really didn't. I thought maybe an ambulance, definitely some of the support vehicles, chief's cars, pickup trucks, some of those things. Little did we know at the time, Pierce was actually working on one already. It was obviously a big secretive thing um, with the technology and a competitive process there for an organization, right, for a company to to produce this truck. So eventually they did come to Madison and say, hey, we are working on this fire truck concept. Would you be willing to be a, a part of it? Uh, this firehouse was was picked for many reasons, but um, one of the reasons is the crew that was here. That was really a big part of it. Are you talking about where, where we are right now at Station 8? Yep. The chief really, right, we had our choice where this rig could go. We wanted it to be a busy firehouse, which Station 8 is, uh, meets that criteria. It, it goes on fire calls and EMS calls, and, and um, it's kind of an all-hazard type of area here. They see a lot of variety of calls. So it really fit the model of what Pierce was looking for to really test it. What do you think the benefit is to having this non-diesel engine fire truck? Like, how is that going to benefit the department and the city? I get that question a lot, and, and these fellows can can chime in too if, if they have input, but it, it's really not a cost saving at this point. So there was a significant savings in diesel fuel. Um, after one one year use of, of the fire truck, we saved approximately $13,000 in diesel fuel. Um, we also um, experienced some savings in, in maintenance cost. But the flip side of that, we saw some increases in energy costs, right, for, from our bills that we're paying Madison Gas and Electric. There's a push there, and it's not just cost, right? It's, it's more about what, what it's doing to the environment. And that's the biggest benefit to your question earlier is why we think it's important. Based on a year's run total, it was, it was uh, the data came up that we would save 60,000 pounds of CO2 uh, in, wow. into the atmosphere, right? So that's, that's the why. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to A Public Affair on WORT 89.9 FM Madison. My name is Ali Muldrow, and today we're chatting with the host and producers of the new daily podcast, CityCast Madison. We have in the studio today Molly, Dylan, and Bianca. We just listened to a clip from their very first episode. Yeah, what was, what was it like to get your first episode up? How do you all feel listening to it now? 
feel pretty good. I'm really excited about the episode. It's really, it was such a delight. Dylan and I went over to Station 8, and it was kind of like a dream to me. I mean, who doesn't like firefighters, first of all? (laughs) And then, like, fire trucks, and they're, you know, these public servants, and then they were all so gracious. I don't know why Dylan's giving me that look. (laughs) Maybe Because he didn't want you to tell everybody how much he likes firefighters. He's not (laughs) ready to share his that level of affection. Yeah, Although, I'm feeling great. For, I know. love firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just Starting say <laughs> that he grew his mustache back after that trip. So <laughs> that's just, we're not going to spoil it, but you got to listen to the episode, yes. find out why. It has a really nice wrinkle at the end there that I think people will wrinkle like and, and we should think about generally just between the three of us because that's I like that it, it, right Dylan, we at had your a, last gig yeah. you literally got like the logo tattooed on your body <laughs> are you going to have a city cast tattoo is this gonna well, show go up bankrupt and we gotta save it I mean <laughs> oh, so it's a it's a last that's a you know when, when times get hard um, you're willing to be tattooed to save local media every time. Yes. Oh, oh, right. Well, no, no. Remember that here at WORT, that's for sure. Um, I hear a pledge drive theme. I know. Up. I'm like, we're going to make sure that I'm just a little more tatted. Uh, Molly, I, I want to lean into what you were saying right before we went over to the clip, um, which is, you know, you want to make sure that a lot of people are listening. You want to make sure that you're representing the diversity of our community. Um Madison is an an international city in its own right. It is a really diverse community. There is, you know, uh, a very pro-LGBTQ atmosphere in Madison. Madison is also 30% conservative, right? Uh, There is a a large number of people here who voted for Donald Trump, who support, who identify as Republicans. How are those folks going to be included in this conversation? Because I think a lot of times um, that that you know, part of our community is ignored, um, is not engaged with, is not talked to, um, particularly by kind of, you know, the the, the Madison hub of, of media. The elite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we're very elite here. But it, it's a great question because so many people forget that Dane County is one of the largest sources of Republican votes statewide, which is just as Waukesha County is one of the largest sources of Democratic votes, mm-hmm. which, you know, you don't hear a lot about. But as you mentioned, it's not 100 percent here. You know, we have great enthusiasm, great voter turnout, great participation in elections, but we are in no ways a monolith. And I think one of the the great things about focusing, using the city as our lens, and when we say city, I mean, let's be real, it's actually the the metro area where it's not just like, oh, oh, you're you're in the town of Burke, sorry, in Monona, <laughs> mm-mm. you know, like we're gonna, we're, we're talking about the greater Madison area. So we're not just gonna focus on Madison, we're gonna include all of the surrounding communities, the suburbs, things that are influencing the general area. And I think, um, the great thing about using that lens is that there's so much that's applicable to you about your daily life. Like we're going to talk about how you register to vote. We have an episode coming up about how you run for alder, like how you become interested in local government. That applies to everyone. We're going to do episodes that are very pragmatic and practical about like things that are going to help you in your life. Like that's one of the, I, I want people to ask us questions, like the things you've always wondered about, like, where the heck does this recycling even go? Does this even matter? Is this worth it? Like, we'll track that down for you. If you have a question about how something works in the city or how something works in your community, like, what what is this about? Like, what do I do with an old freaking cell phone that I have that's dead? Like, what do I do with this thing? Like, we'll help you figure that out. Like, we're all about making your life better and we want to be useful to you. So we're going to engage, like we're going to talk policy, like we're going to get all nerdy and we're going to talk about issues and platforms. We're going to have debates, but we're also going to do pragmatic. Here's, here's something you needed to know that just makes your life easier. Oh, I so appreciate like that balance. And I think that balance is kind of in some ways like classic radio of like, let's talk about really important issues. And then let's also the, I also worked at W. WTDY. I'm like, make sure yeah. I'm saying the right letters. Um, and the most popular episode we ever did, like, lit up the, you know, the station was on fire. Everybody wanted to call and comment was crustless bread. 
and how people felt about bread not I having I want to go back in time and call in. It was so, you know, but it was like there was a balance of having conversations that were really heated and, and really, you know, uh, provocative in, in pretty specific political ways and then kind of being able to talk about what it means to, to be a person and the kind of quirky things we all get a little hung up on from time to time. Are you hoping, Bianca, as the host of the show, you know, what does it look like for you as as a person of color, as a woman of color, to engage with folks who have really different opinions than yours or have really, you know, specific opinions about you and people like you? Mm, Love this question and love it because I'm I've been living it my whole life. I'm also um, biracial. And so I've gotten questions about like, what are you? So people have been trying to put me in a box for a long time. Good luck, because I'm six feet tall. So <laughs> it better be a big box. <laughs> Let's start there. Um, but I'm taking your question seriously. Um, how am I going to engage with difference? You engage with difference with respect um, and respect for yourself as well. Like you don't let other people tread on you. Oh my goodness, don't tread on me. I don't know where that came from. Is that a phrase? Um, <laughs> it's a flag. I'm, I'm leaning it's a flag, in. I like but it. you know, we're talking, you know, it's, I've, there's someone in my neighborhood who has that sticker, you know, I love snakes too. Like uh, I'm a reptile person. Um, so I can appreciate some parts of that sticker and the, but the message is a little problematic. Molly wants me to get back to the point. Um, I mean, it's challenging. Maybe I'm even like trying to avoid the question, how do I handle difference? I mean, going back to the basics is like treat others the way you want to be treated. And also, this is the kind of the opposite, like do, do not unto others as you would wish not done to you. So just like treat people's opinions and their perspectives with respect and also treating opinions with respect is um, challenging them adequately um, with facts, with... Um, you know, also your lived experience, like as a person of color, like I think you go through things that you experience and someone who doesn't have the repeated experience, they just don't have a, a lens or perspective of what it feels like to be like someone thinking you're like maybe stealing, like you're like somehow some like a criminal or a threat. And it's just like, well, it's a maybe it's a one-off. I, I have this experience I had at the Old Fashioned uh, years ago, and it was like 5 p.m. It was a happy hour, like daylight, a really packed bar, and I was like trying to find something in my jacket, and a man right next to me turns out like someone I don't know uh, says, "Are you ch- going through my friend's coat?" <clears throat> and I'm like. Um, no, I'm going through my own coat. And so he's insinuating that I'm rummaging, you know, probably trying to steal something. And I didn't say anything else. And he was like, he looked at me and he said, oh, well, if you're thinking what I think you're thinking, you know, then, well, I don't, you know, just like he, his defensiveness and reactiveness, it's not something new to me. Um, so I'm hoping that I can bring to conversations that are trickier or that have to do with race and identity, um, uh, just like some humanity, like that I've lived it, I've been there, and also that I can appreciate and I see um, ignorance for what it is. Like, it's not always malice. It's not always um, something that's really intentional. And I just, I guess I'm really sick of the, like how at each other's throats we are. Like, I just feel like we could get more things done if we were kinder to one another, not being like really silly and making things you know not important when someone does something really severe um but when someone has a misunderstanding about something because it's just totally out of their experience like giving a little bit more space to be like well why do you think that and like dig digging into it so maybe they could see in a safe space um the flaw the flaws in their thinking um, but you know, not everything's flawed. Like I don't know. Um, there's a lot of ways to answer that question. But if I could jump in, I just think that that is just classic Bianca. And one of the things that makes her such a great host is that she looks for like she has that empathy and that interest in people, and she looks for the connection. She looks for you know how can I how can I get to know you as a person? What is it that we have in common? What is it that we are both trying to do? Like she is going to hone in on that and find that, and then like invite you in invite you into the conversation invite you and that that is a skill that is a that's a skill and it's a strength
strength. And I also think it's an expectation often of people of color that you be the person who offers the olive branch, who listens, who has empathy for folks who don't necessarily have that same generosity or empathy towards you. And so I guess, you know, for you and Dylan as producers who have to kind of take a a certain level of responsibility for the situations you put a host in, me and Dylan have had this conversation before kind of about, you know, what it looks like for somebody like me to go to a Trump rally versus what it looks like for somebody like him to go to a Trump rally. How do you all kind of navigate you know, your identity versus Bianca's identity and the the kinds of conversations you want her to have or the kinds of situations you're willing to put her in uh, to, to make a good show? Yeah, that is a great question. So, I mean, one thing that's nice about working at this small of a team and having control of our show at a local level is like, these are the people making the decisions that we are not getting a directive from on high to do x y or z like we are the people that are deciding what goes into the show every day we're not and we're not beholden to just doing stunts for clicks or anything like that like we are all serious journalists we've all been working um for a long time most and all of us in this media market we know this community we know this media environment and we know that there are things worth talking about here and we're going to vet them against each other and we're going to vet them against you we're going to vet them against our audience we're going to vet them against our guests who are going to challenge us and people who are going to call in with takes um we we're we're not live but we have a voicemail so (laughs) we have an email we have ways to you have ways to get a hold of us um and we're going to talk about it. Like, we're going to talk about it. I mean, and one of the things Bianca and I have been talking about is, like, how to have hard conversations. Because I think it's um, I, I think it's an incumbent upon any host and anyone that does choose this path, this career, being in media. Like, it is our job. It is our job to try to gain understanding. And sometimes that does mean... Um, examining ideas taking on things that wouldn't be your first choice wouldn't be how you would talk about something with a friend um but it is going to be it is going to be given serious thought and given serious scrutiny now you know i don't think in terms of safety i don't think that's um something we've had to confront i mean one of the things we're a podcast we record in in our home studios so (laughs) there's that we do a lot of recording online um we will do some field recording but i don't think there's any intent or there's been any circumstance where we're like bianca you need to jump in front of the train for the story I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, let's think that through. <laughs> right. We're going to send you into this frat on Langdon. You know, like, <laughs> oh, God. Do it for the team. I don't, right? I don't like, know if the frat on that. Langdon could handle Bianca. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they could handle me when I walked in the first time and walked right out at yeah. 19. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if they, they could com- compete with your energy. Dylan, I think for, for you, like, what is what does it look like to make sure the show is inclusive to make sure that it's a, sh- a show that you know challenges kind of the presumption of who we are as a community um, and also like reconcile your your own identity your own influence um, how like the the parking garage that is you know important it's to you called the parking ramp the parking ramp that is important to you <laughs> might not be the most pressing thing for, no, for not, other folks in the community and so you know how Boom, does how does your identity challenged. play into this <laughs> Uh, well, hey, I mean, I'm not putting Bianca in any situation she doesn't want to be in, and we're doing this all together. So I think that's the beauty of teams, and we all come to, we all bring our own perspective, and um, I think that's the beauty of it. I think, though, there is, like, just to push back on that a little bit, like, there is a, a need to have a conversation with, say, somebody who is passionately transphobic, right? To say, hey, these are our folks who have a, a movement in our community they're they're facilitating conversations they're uh trying to influence the way our kids are educated um and and having that conversation with a person you you have to one be willing to listen to where they're coming from but two you have to be critical about 
whether or not what they're promoting has real consequences for, you know, young trans people in our community. So I guess I'm asking, like, the the balancing act beyond, you know... We got a local example of that, and we kind of discussed it with that Matt Walsh guy, right? He's a right-wing blogger that came to UW, and so, I mean, is that happening in Madison and part of the zeitgeist? Yes, but how do you talk about that in a way that doesn't just um, glorify somebody who is makes a living out of people off? Well, and I think, you know, there's the part of it that is like <laughs> being, you know, the, the, the part of it that is about being provocative and making people afraid. Um, yeah. And, and then there, there's the part of it that is, you know, these are people's deep held beliefs, deep held religious beliefs, deep held, you know, relationship to, to gender and gender expression. Um, and so if you're you know, if you want your audience to kind of be be aware of that or critical of that or, you know, have a greater understanding of where those folks are. And simultaneously, you want to be responsible to the people who are impacted by spreading messages of hatred. Um, I guess I'm, I'm curious, like what that looks like for you all going yeah. going into this first season of the show. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one thing that's important to me is that just because people are seeking attention doesn't mean that we necessarily oh, Molly, I love you. Grant it. So I think there we we want to yeah. engage with people that have all sorts of views. We want to understand them, we want to know what they're about, we want to examine their ideas, but we also want and, and do have the prerogative as journalists to decide what is worth covering and we have we will have one show a day so that's like you know weekdays that's like 200 or so episodes like there are we, we just went to this talk by one of the producers of radio lab which was fabulous and he was talking about like there being a million stories in the universe and if you only covered one percent how long that would take you in your career and i think about that and i think okay we've got like 200 stories we can tell this year there are so many more things happening there's so many more i mean people in this community right that we have ha more than half a million people in our metro area like there are 200 really worthy, interesting people to talk to. We don't have to just go to whoever is in front of our face trying to get our attention, trying to be the center of the room, taking up all the oxygen. Like, I don't want to take that bait, right? So mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of that that happens in this community where it's like, this is the thing of the moment that everybody wants to talk about or engage in. And I think we can choose whether or not we want to like we want to acknowledge that it's happening we want to understand what they're about but we also want to choose and prioritize the things that we think matter and the things that we want to dig into and set our own agenda well, and add something you know mm -hmm. it's already out there we got it we need to we need to add value and and what's and what's great is that we've been talking about this. Yeah. Like you're like that's what Dylan mentioned a second ago is like we actually just dug in probably an hour and a half. Like one thing that you can know for sure is that when you come to our podcast, it's going to be really intentional. We're going to have thought it through. We're going to have discussed it thoroughly. We've mm -hmm. given it lots of shakes, and we're not just going to be promoting propaganda, especially you know anything that is about hate. You know someone's identity no transphobia that idea is not worth spreading and it's it's not gonna have a space that we're gonna like take it seriously because it's there's no space for that bianca is also a very talented journalist that can grill people and it's a reported like this is a lot of podcasts are just i mean not just but th yeah. they're chatty right they're like here's my hot take this is not just our hot take like this <coughs> is reported researched interviewed uh work yeah, yeah I, I'm curious how much time goes into each podcast or how much time went into this first podcast. Oh, oh lordy. <laughs> it's going to be one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> yeah. So we... It's going to be more than that, depending. Yeah, we've had a few weeks of kind of build up, you know, as we've been getting everything ready. So there was a lot of stuff that we had to do. We had to, you know, we had to get photographs. We had to get a logo and artwork and music for the podcast. Um, also, just... Shout out to Carl Christensen, who yes. is an amazing Triple local shout out. musician Heck who yeah. did our music. So if you're listening and you're like, what, what? Did they just steal this music? No, no, no. No, no, no. We, we had a local artist make it for us. So we had to do all that stuff. So we have been recording interviews and kind of doing a bunch of stuff for the past few weeks. When we get in the regular groove, we will. Be, it'll be an episode a day. So we will be, it might not 
might not always be next day. Some some of them will. I mean, obviously, if something really big happens today, like Ali announces her mayoral bid or something, then that's like, okay, we're it's on that. never going to happen. <laughs> I'll say this. I'm like, the most insulting thing people ask me is, are you going to run for higher office? And the answer is, there is no higher office. School board is the most important office ever. But yes, if I were to announce, yeah. I could understand so we why would, you'd pay attention. Yes, we would like jump on that, spend a bunch of time, research it, get that together put that out for the next day but other things we're gonna we're gonna spend some time you know a little bit each day over the course of weeks but yeah we will be a daily show so we had to learn this format too i think this is new at least to me you got to really this thing's got to be a little perfect artisanal (laughs) news cupcake every day I don't know why I keep calling it, I, that, but that's how I view it. I am a pastry chef among us. I am gonna very much appreciate thinking of you all as creating, you know, a variety of news cupcakes, making news cupcakes, um, kind of, you know, different flavors and all of that. There's a lot you can do with this metaphor, Dylan. I have two minutes left with you all, and I really want to ask, you know, why do you think it's important people tune in and listen to this podcast? There are a ton of podcasts out there. There are a ton of stories being told. Why do you think it's important that you all have come together to to tell the story of Madison and I'm going to give each of you like three sentences to explain I I think it's important that people engage in local media and you feel part of a community and I, I want to hear what Molly and Bianca have to say about this Me too. there's nothing like it there is no other daily local news podcast every weekday yeah. um, here that's engaging with these issues that's 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 relevant to your life you know a lot of folks listen to podcasts that are about dc new york la wherever else that's cool but we had important stuff Mm -hmm. to talk about here yes we do and we're going to introduce you to those folks and we should be remiss if i didn't tell you how to listen which is (laughs) (laughs) madison.citycast.fm so FM like a radio mm-hmm. madison.citycast.fm that's our website um, so as of today we are on every podcast player imaginable which is just like an application on your phone and if you don't have a smartphone you can listen to it on our website you can listen it, to it in a browser um, otherwise you can subscribe to it you can find out all the information on our website Bianca, I'm so excited to get to tune in and listen to this podcast in part because you are a part of it and I feel like I can I can hear myself in your voice. Why do you think folks who, you know, maybe don't have my same level of like identity with identifying with you um, should be should be checking out this show and should be tuning in to what you, Molly and Dylan are doing? Absolutely. This is three WRT alums, okay? We are WRT for life. If you're a WRT for life person, I know you're listening. Check us out. We love Madison, and this is going to be worth your time. We're going to make every moment worth your time. Um, and I you know, I hope we can connect one, each other, one another to each other in this city because lots of incredible stuff is happening and fun stuff. It'll be worth your time. I would say if you want a fun way to just strike up a conversation with me, tune into their podcast. I will be listening. I am so delighted that you all are doing this. Uh, I'm a local through and through and it's really cool to hear somebody uplift the stories of Madison and so I'm excited to see what you all do with this. Thank you so much for joining us on WORT 89.9 FM. I'm Ali Maldro. This is A Public Affair. See you next week on Tuesday.